Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. In an effort to continue the Dairy Edge weekly while maintaining social distancing, we will be recording remotely, so bear with us in our endeavours. Meanwhile, back to this week's episode. While agriculture hasn't been the most affected industry by COVID-19, we must take all the necessary steps and measures to protect ourselves, our families and our staff. This week, I speak to dairy farmer Kevin Toomey about what measures he is taking to minimise the risk of COVID-19 to his farming people and business. I suppose we had the foot and mouth, uh, I suppose, um, close on 20 years ago now, and that caused a lot of disruption at the time, uh, major disruption in fairness, to be fair, but particularly to farming uh, at that particular time because there's a livestock um, virus that was that was being spread. Um, so that was very, probably a, a bigger worry at the time, I think, for farmers because it, it, it could have taken out your herd of cows uh, overnight. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, it, Things like this do happen and we do recover and we, we do move on. And I think the best thing we can do is follow, follow the advice we've been given and, and walk as closely as we can to that. And, and, you, and you allude to it, you know, that, you know, people are dealing with whole herds of cows and we do have to keep moving. And I suppose we're, we're fairly unique in the industry we're working in. And when the decision was made to close schools and work from home, that's essentially not an option for the industry we're working in. And we need to uh, keep the industry moving and protect the food chain. I suppose for a way of context, Kevin, can you give us an idea of the, the team size that you're working with um, within your farm business? Okay, so I suppose we're involved in, in, in a few farms. So our home farm here, we would have... Um, There'd be three full-time staff, and we're, we're making over 480 cows. And our smallest unit then is um, is about 180 cows, and there's one person full-time with a bit of part-time coming in there. So that's kind of the the range of of of, of uh, businesses that we're trying to uh, to manage um, at the moment. So, as you've alluded to, it there's a range. So you're talking from one to three full-time members of staff. So what are the key steps that you're taking, uh, you know, as a team to minimise the risk of COVID-19 to human health and to, I suppose, the effective running of the farm businesses? Um, well, to minimise, I suppose, the big one is the, is the, is the contact. Uh, so I suppose we, we do work in an environment where it's probably easier for us to work in, in that most of the work is outdoors or it can be done by one person. So lucky enough, all our parlours can be operated by one person. So the second person doesn't have to be in right alongside them or anything like that. So that that's really useful. Um, the other thing would be encouraging staff and telling them not to travel in, in, in a track together or travel, travel in a jeep together. And just to keep their spatial distance um, as much as they can. Um, the other, I suppose, contact would be you know, just being careful if if, if uh, they're they're handling the same equipment. I suppose is is the one thing we'd be trying to avoid is that just one person does the tractor driving and whatnot for the, for, for for that time. So, they're the, the the basic steps, I suppose. Um, and also we have protocols from our co-op in terms of milk collection and stuff. So we we're adhering to that where we where we're cleaning down the uh, contact points that the milk and lorry driver would have as well. 
And I suppose, you know, not to uh, dwell on it too much, but when we look to this time of year, it's particularly busy. You know, it's the, it's the busiest time of year, not just for dairy farms, but also we see on dry stock farms, you know, there's the suckler cows are calving and we also have yo's lambing. And, you know, you, you talk about the there is a strategy where a lot of the jobs can be done by one person, but often, you know, it is, you know the the tasks on farms are two people jobs you know looking to the farms yep. kevin is there a strategy where you can work with bare minimum staff at this time of year um you know say, say for example if one staff member has to self-isolate that might wipe out three people on the home farm if they're in contact yes. with that person so you know what is your thinking or your planned strategy where you're in a situation where you know, staff are potentially out of the system for two to three weeks. Well, I think I think we have to be a small bit real to ourselves is that this is probably going to happen rather than possibly, uh, given what we're we're being told and 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 the scaling up of the of the virus will be. So, we've had to kind of try and readjust, uh, I suppose, our plans in terms of uh, okay, we can we can operate with one person on a farm just to do the meetings, but. Um, so, but if that person gets sick, we have to be sure that the next person can step in and meet the cows as well. So we're lucky enough, we have uh, an option in terms of, we can we have about three people who can milk in each farm or can run each farm if they have to. So we can move people from, from farm to farm to make sure that happens. So that's a, that's, that's a, that's a plan we have. Um, the other thing we're trying to, uh, I suppose, uh, plan for is that uh, just to minimize the workload as well so trying to take all these extra work out of it so just the bare milking gets done the calves can be fed and the cows get fed um, and it can drop all the other work uh, if, we're, if we're down to a skeleton staff situation um, and I think you know we have to be real that that's, it is a possibility of happening so we just have to bear that in mind um, just one or two family members uh, within my own house, my own son could step in and milk and uh, in any one of the farms and I can do the same as well. So we have we have backup, let's say, for, for that and, uh, and I'd expect that we, we will we will use it a bit. But we have to be careful with ourselves as well. So we can't be just going from farm to farm. Um, so we have to minimise that contact. So it's about trying to pick one, one, one sub let's say, to come in and run that farm if, if, if the main men can't do it. And I guess, you know, you've made a really good point that there are three people um, that are capable of running each of the farms. And, you know, that is something that we talk about if the event happens that the, I suppose, the the manager or the farm owner has to step away from the farm, you know, and we, we often talk about through illness, but as you say, it's a very real thing at the moment due to um, the COVID-19 uh, situation. But you know, who are these people? Are they identified? And often we talk about the SOPs or standard operating procedures that, you know, they are in place, whether it's written or a video that somebody could walk in off the street, whether it's a neighbor, another staff member to, you know, to carry on the tasks as, as if you were there yourself. Yeah. So like we would have whiteboards in the parlors um, and they all record the cows uh, currently under treatment so on, on that whiteboard you would have the list of cows and our treatment and the date um, but also they'd be colour coded so cows are marked in different colours so 
So red would be cows that are on treatment um, and and uh, are running a second a, sec, a separate herd, any of a small second herd. So they're, they're a better chance of, of being minded and never never getting mixed up with the main herd. And so we have a few different um, SOPs or color coding systems that uh, that we have up on the whiteboard, and they're very clear, so everyone knows that. And they're pretty much the same across the farms. Different guys might have different colors, maybe, but we we can. It's all all written up on the board, so it's easy for anyone to come in and and uh, know what what happens here. Also, we have um, a one pager, mostly a one pager. We can get on is just how to run the big machine from start to finish. So um, that's written on the board as well. But I particularly like the idea that you mentioned there about a video, and I think it's something that's very easy to do, and we we intend to do it. Um, do one this evening and do the other farms tomorrow. It's just take a video of a guy, uh, one of us just actually starting the milking process and uh, finishing the milking process. And it won't take long to do it. So if I, if I, if I get one of my own kids just to video me going through the routine, at least it's there and we can put that out in the WhatsApp to whoever needs to come in and run the part, or at least they can, they, they can know how to start and, and finish anyway. So a few small things like that can be a great help because it can be... Uh, it would be very hard to explain the things over a phone when fellows can't visualise it, so it's, it's great to have something maybe that they can look at as well, like, you know. And another point you made, Kevin, is is looking at doing um, the bare minimum of jobs where there there's, um, you know, the staff are gone off the farm and, and minimising the workload. Uh, talk through what you're doing uh, tractor-wise on the farms. Are you doing it all or are you contracting in a lot? So we contract a bit. Um, so we we do do some fertilizer, but we contract probably eighty percent of it. We contract nearly hundred percent of our slurry at this stage. Um, the fencing and stuff we do ourselves. Um, we're all of our work. Uh, we feed out the cows mostly ourselves from now on. In the peak winter months, we might get a contractor to do it when we have a lot of cows to feed it together. Um, but that can be contracted out too, but now look, they're out of grass, uh, hopefully full time from now on, so that will become a bit easier. So using contract as much as we can, and I suppose in terms of getting the contract spread fertilizer, we would have a map of the farm and we just color in the fields we want him to fertilize so we can just hand him the map and we just drive off out in front of him and open all the gaps for him so he can go off and spread away and close the gaps in as soon as he's gone. So. So we we haven't much interaction with with uh, with the contractors really in terms of um, particularly in this situation now where where you don't want to be talking to them face to face we can we can we can do it remotely if you want you know. So that's a simple tip to take from that, Kevin. Use the farm map to I suppose identify which paddocks, and I, I, you're you're taking it a step further in that you're opening the gaps, so you're not leaving it to chance in terms of them getting getting it a hundred percent right. And I suppose. Another element of contracting that we would see in a lot of farms is breeding. And I know we're we're a month to six weeks away from breeding at this stage, but it would be on the back of people's minds. So, you know, any tips for, you know, the breeding season, how we're going to, I suppose, ensure that cows are AI'd and the right straw um, is used for each cow while minimizing that social contact? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of ways, I think. Uh, it. it, it, it it depends uh, on on, uh, on the number of bulls you're using and stuff like that. So what we have done the last couple of years is we've, we've used ICBF. So we've picked our team of bulls and got ICBF uh, mating program and matched up the cows. But what we've we've tried to simplify that because there could be a lot of bulls still be pulled up at any one time. So 
what we do now is we just run the program for a week and we pick three bulls for the week and there are three different types of bulls in terms of kind of what we want to achieve whether it's milk solids or fertility or or whatever um so there's only three bulls going to be ever used one day so we can actually run the program for a week uh print that off um we draft the cows in for ai and now if you really want to cut down contact you can actually break the group so cows into three so you can have three a cow, one bull for that set of cows one bull for another set of cows and just leave the cows there for the aim and so he knows then clearly then it comes in and ex, ex, that bush they are getting um whatever uh zck or something like that you know so you could do it that way i think it's just you would need less uh contact with the aim and then to do that leave a list and leave the cows clearly identified and maybe you can put you know one batch up to crush for him and walk away and let him AI and then uh, when he's finished you can put the other batch up and while he's changing the straws. So it's just trying to simplify it so it's easier for the AI men and easier for us as well in terms of uh, what's happening because sometimes when there's a six or seven bulls got used in any one day it becomes very complicated and you, you, you kind of have to be there right alongside your, your AI men to be at that. So we've just looked to try to um, space that out a bit easier. And, and finally, Kevin, if we look to, I suppose, team morale and maintaining high spirits during this difficult time, what are you doing as a team, you know, to maintain morale, given it's the busy time of year and there's such a lack of contact? Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably <laughs> never so much for people, probably kind of a bit more isolated in, across the whole country in term, in any in any sector or, or family at the moment. It's, it's quite unique and quite different. So, you know, talking and probably listening, I suppose, are the, the two key things we would see just to uh, keep up that contact, um, going through what's happening, I suppose, uh, being a good support to see can you go in then and problem solve if you're having any different particular issue on the farm or anything like that so it's the small things really that matter probably now at the moment um you know how are, how are all the calves going and are, 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 we, are we getting them out to grass now are we getting them sold off the farm or whatever needs doing just to try and uh, help help along the way and particularly and we'd be very much into this and emphasize that workload now um you're probably after Six, seven weeks of really uh, hard work, and particularly the weather was tough there for, for a good bit of it, um, is to actually just actually a small bit of downtime if you can, that they, you know, they probably can't go anywhere in terms of going to do anything, but I think it's that they, they know themselves the pressure's off, they don't have to be too busy now just because the weather's brilliant. doesn't mean you get very busy at fencing all of a sudden, but you just take a couple of hours on a day like today when when the sun is out that you you know you, you just get time to uh, to breathe i suppose is, is is for the want of a better word so so yeah so just listening reassurance and um you know keep the head up and 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 and, and things will will come will come will come good too you know I think it's a, it's a great point you make Kevin you know t- taking the time to refuel as as you say spring is hard enough but the the weather exacerbated that this spring and and made things a little bit more difficult on farms i think maybe just to touch on two health and safety points um you know you mentioned there people are doing a lot of jobs independently at the moment so it would be very important that people keep their phones on them at all times and keep them charged in case they get into a spot of bother that they can contact somebody easily and and also you mentioned you know children are at home from school so children may be around the farm more than they would normally be on weekdays so just to be conscious of that you know moving animals and moving machinery 
Um, no, like it's, a very, it's a very fair point, I think, because with, with, there is a lot of children, and to be fair, probably lucky in that our children are in the countryside and they can get out and do a few jobs for us, but certainly being, being very aware that their kids in, in the yard is very important or our own cattle and stock. You know, it, you know, it's a good time to, to train children, to show them uh, uh, family at its busiest and best, but, but certainly we need to be very uh, health and safety conscious around them. And, and thanks, Kevin. It is good to get some advice from a farmer on the ground who's dealing with the COVID-19 challenge. And I think looking at the individual units, as you say, there's a range of, you know, one person to three people working on a farm. So we're looking, you know, at a range of farms um, in terms of the number of cows and the labour required. And I suppose we, we just be conscious to look after ourselves and make sure that the stock are looked after at this time. And you've given us lots of ideas and strategies that we can action on our own farms. Thank you, Kevin. Hi, no problem, Emma Louise. And look, th things will improve. And to be fair, there's there's a lot of other sectors a lot worse off than today culture just right now. So, you know, we've we've to support our community as well as ourselves and our families. So um, we have to encourage everyone. So thanks very much, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Kevin Toomey for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.